Hi, I'm Angela Lee and welcome to the Will to Live podcast where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now. All right, today on the Will to Live podcast, I'd love to welcome Kyle Riley. Now, Kyle's purpose is to free human potential. I just absolutely love that as a purpose. He started in the fitness industry in 2010 with a degree in exercise science and has since travelled the world speaking, educating and implementing personalised health and holistic health principles. He's played a role in helping thousands of people improve their health, me included with the epigenetics, and quality of life in his time working as a personal trainer and lifestyle coach. He has worked with the likes of the Biggest Loser Retreat, as well as teaching hundreds of health and fitness professionals, working alongside the Australian Institute of Fitness, and now through the development of his own professional development course in epigenetics and personalized health with PH360. Well, there we go, it's a cracker of an intro, Kyle, welcome. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me on, Ange. Yeah, I'm really excited to um, have you on. And I know, like, we had a bit of a chat the other day, and I probably think there's about half a dozen podcasts we could do. So, but we will sort of start with one topic today that I'm, I guess, really, really passionate and interested in. And I really love your perspective, and I'm really excited to explore that. And and that's, I'm a really big believer that we all have a unique natural intelligence, and that we're all here for like a greater. Um, purpose. I just feel so strongly in that. It's something that I really try to instill in the work I do. So I really wanted to chat more to you about the science and the the rationale behind it because that's your natural intelligence. So I thought, what a better person to get on. So I'm just really keen to sort of, you know, for you to give the listeners some background on some of the connection between, I guess, our genes and our and our greater purpose. I'll just get straight in there with the big questions. We don't need to muck around on will to live. Awesome. I love that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I also agree, like, I suppose purpose, and you'll see why as we go through today, why purpose is so important to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that when you look at business, um, you'll look at, you know, businesses, successful businesses have their, their vision, their mission, their values, and all that's related to when you think mm-hmm. about it, the purpose of why that business exists. Mm-hmm. And on an individual level, I firmly believe that we all have a unique purpose built within us too. This is why my mission, my purpose is to free human potential because mm. I see so many people out there that are just walking around in life and they may not have the answers yet or they're looking for the answers because they know that there's more to them than mm. what they're currently doing right now. And I really want to help people to kind of unlock what that is so they can live out their purpose. And what's really fascinating is on the journey that I've been on so far, as, as you mentioned, I started out as a personal trainer. Mm. I was working with clients and you know, my big thing at the time was to really empower people to take control of the health because mm-hmm. the whole purpose thing for me actually stemmed from watching people fall victims to what they thought were the genes, fall victims to uh, their belief that they couldn't do anything about their health. And as a trainer at the time, I, w- I wanted to show people that lifestyle is medicine. We can all make a difference through lifestyle. But even I'd get frustrated because I'd see some people get results, some people not get results. And it'd leave me scratching my head saying, well, you know, what is it I'm missing about this person as to why they're not achieving their goals? Mm-hmm. What, why is it I'm using the best evidence, the best research? Some people over here have lost you know, 20 kilograms of weight and this person here with the same principles has had no result. And mm-hmm. because I didn't want my clients to feel like victims, it sent me on this mission to find out more about human biology, find out more about personalization so I could treat the individual mm-hmm. to get them a result that they were looking for. And what was quite interesting was along that journey of learning about health, I just so happened to stumble across that 
the same information that I'm using about human biology to get people healthy is actually the same information that I can also help people with to understand more about their purpose and why they're here on the planet and why they do what they do. And all of it actually, as we know, when it comes to uh, the human body, the, the mind and the body isn't separate. And all of this is actually connected, which is really, really cool. So mm. uh, I'll crack straight into it from there because the yeah. way the way DNA and genes actually link to purpose, which you know might sound quite strange on the surface, is mm. a really simple way of looking at it is actually in biology. So when you look at biology, structure determines function. So a really easy way to think about that statement, if structure determines function, you look at animals. So the structure of a bat or a bird, the structure of that animal, it, the function of that is so it can fly. So it has mm. wings in its structure, so the function is that it's able to fly. Same with a cheetah, the structure of a cheetah, its function is to be able to hunt animals down at a fast pace. So what's really fascinating is when you actually look at the structure of something in biology, it actually gives you an insight as to what its function is, what its purpose is. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, you see it in, if we take it away from animals for a second, you see it in cars, like people go out and buy cars all the time and you can not know a lot about cars, but look at the structure of the car and actually work out what its function is. So you look at a big four by four, its function is to go off road. You look at a Ferrari, its function is to drive really fast in a straight line. So even if you don't know much about cars, you look at the outside of the car and it gives you insight as to what its function is, which is really, really cool. So mm -hmm. in human beings, it's no different. So as humans, we get genes that are passed down from our parents um, and those genes and the environment in the, in, in the womb will dictate what, energy is put into our embryological development and it's based on that embryological development as to how we form and what our structure becomes as a human being and we'll talk more about that later on but essentially embryological development and genes that are passed down from our parents dictate what hormones are created which also dictates what energy certain layers of the embryo gets which then dictates how thick our wrists are going to be the length of our arms how tall we're going to be um different hormones that are available, which will then shape our characteristics, so our personality. So if we can understand the structure of our body and where its natural strengths will lie, then we can reverse engineer that back and link that to our purpose as to, well, what is our function? What is our reason for being here? And what natural strengths do we have? which is really cool. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And obviously for me, it gave me more clarity when I went sort of through the process and delved a lot deeper into my genetics and my epigenetics. And I think that's the cool thing because some people really, um, like you said, they know that there's something more to life. They know that they're here for something, but they get a bit lost or just caught up in the day to day. And what I find is this is such a cool thing that if people can actually look at what some of their strengths are their gifts are that they can be they're given then they can start to like you said reverse engineer that back and they go well well i've been given this gift maybe that's to go and do that you know what i mean like i'm really great at you know visual stuff and connecting with people so i know my you know gifts is to work with groups and like this podcast is a part of that you know so i think it's yeah. like really interesting i'd love for you to share maybe some different types of example about sort of i guess different structures or that people may have like different body types or structures that they might have been given and how maybe some examples that you have that links to purpose i think that might help people go oh wow maybe that's what those <laughs> those big arms are for or all that all that muscle mass you know perfect so to start off it's just it, first we need to just have a little bit of, and i'm not going to make this a boring science lesson but mm. to start off it's about understanding the basics of human biology and how we develop so when we are developing in the womb, um, as we get to about 64 cells in our development, we start to specialize 
in our embryological development in terms of what organs and glands we're now going to start to create. Mm -hmm. So there's three layers of the, the embryo. There's the ectoderm, the mesoderm, and the endoderm. Mm -hmm. And these three layers will specialize in different types of organs and cells. So the ectoderm is purely related to the development of your brain, your skin, your central nervous system. The mesoderm is related to your cartilage, your bone, your cardiac tissue, your musculoskeletal system, everything to do with movement. And your endoderm is, is essentially building all your thyroid, your pancreas, your liver, your, your, your gastrointestinal tract, everything to do with the, the metabolism and, and, and use, usage of energy. So we all develop in all three layers of the embryo. However, based on the genes that are passed down from our parents and the, and the environment that you're exposed to in the womb, some people will develop more of their ectoderm and less of their mesoderm and endoderm. Some people will develop more of the mesoderm and less of the endoderm, et cetera. And it'll, there'll be ratios of different levels of development. Now, what's really interesting about this is when you understand that and you understand the way our bodies develops, then we, for, for example, if you're a type of person that's developed in the ectoderm dominantly and didn't get too much attention to your mesoderm and endoderm layers, then as you grow as a child through early adolescence into adulthood, we'll actually see a body shape that he's, is more ectoderm dominant. So they've had a lot of energy put to their brain and skin and central nervous system, but not so much energy put to their muscle, uh, to their bone. Um, so what you'll see is a physiology or a morphology that is quite skinny, doesn't put muscle on very easy, um, burns through fat very quickly, so they don't put a lot of fat on. Uh, but psychologically, you'll see that they're more introvert, because they've got such a sensitive nervous system because all that energy went into that neural development. So they sense things really, really easily. So they actually can be seen as quite aloof sometimes. They actually don't mind spending time alone because lots of people all the time might overstimulate that nervous system. Uh, we'll see dominance in hormones like noradrenaline. We'll see uh, dopamine in some of the ecto-meso combinations, which makes them super focused, super logical, super <laughs> linear, great with strategy. So then when you look at that in terms of body shapes, you'll actually see people out there in the world like Steve Jobs. These will be like your CEOs. These will be people like you know, computer programmers, um, scientists, people that have got this very logical, analytical brain and not too much going on physically. Mm. In the sporting world, which is where we actually see this really dominantly, these are your marathon runners, your Tour de France athletes, your endurance athletes. This is what they're built for. Mm. So this is what's really fascinating. From the development stage, we can actually understand physiologically how this body is going to be stronger and then also psych uh, psychologically and socially how they're going to behave based on the genes and hormones that have created this structure and mm. um, so that's what we call like more of the ectodermic dominant body and based on those i guess strengths in a way that rather than focus on oh i haven't got the muscle mass i don't have this it's like well look at the gifts i have been given how can i actually use them to you know reach my potential and connect to my purpose in careers and and stuff like that which i think is really um really cool so important and like you know we always it's always that, that that battle between do i double down on my strengths or do i work on my weaknesses to bring them up to average and what we're actually saying is if you understand mm. your your development your structure then you can look at where your natural strengths lie double mm. down on them because that'll give you insights as to, as to the, the direction or the path that you should be on yeah uh, yeah it's really cool yeah, no, that's really cool. Did you want to give another example? So that's kind of, I guess, someone who's more the, um, so if someone is like quite slender and quite analytical, you know, then they're, they like to be more alone and they're more sort of suited in those situations rather than big social settings, big, big groups. And I know that some people I've worked with, they've actually made changes to how they run their business and also, um, the jobs that they've chosen to go to when they've understood this deeper because they knew something wasn't quite right when they're in a particular role and they just, 
they didn't really know what it was and it gave them a deeper understanding to make a better choice, which is just so cool. Yeah. So as a perfect example of that, the, mm. the more mesodermic dominant body. Mm. Um, so in the mesoderm, this is all of our movement organs. So it's everything to do with like your adrenal glands, the kidneys, the sex mm. organs. So we get lots more testosterone, lots more adrenaline in this body. Mm. Uh, it's your muscle tissue, it's your cardiac tissue. So it's everything to do with movement. And what we see is with these types of people who, do, who are developed dominantly in that layer, uh, with the higher testosterone, with the higher adrenaline, physiologically, you'll see a shorter body. So short femurs and a longer trunk, because this is what testosterone does to our development in early adolescence. It, it stunts the growth of the femurs. So we'll get this shorter body, this, this shorter femur, longer trunk physiology. They build muscle quite easily so that it's more athletic as a body. Uh, and psychologically, you'll find high testosterone creates increased risk taking. Uh, they're more competitive and they're actually really good with acute stress. So they do really well with dealing with stress in the moment. Uh, we always say they are do first, think later type people and are natural rule breakers. And as you mentioned before, often we'll look at um, our temperament sometimes and, and often as human beings, we only really focus on the negatives so as, to, as to the way we are. And what, what I've found is over the years of working with people on this type of thing is what we perceive as negatives is actually always a positive on the other side of it. It's just, it's just our frame mm. and our perception as to how we're looking at it. So mm. I say, we say that the, the natural strength of one of the more mesodermic dominant people, the shorter, more muscular, high testosterone people is to break rules. And that sounds like a bad thing. But if you actually flip it on its head, if the whole world was to be at like the ectodermic dominant, which are the people that follow the rules really well, that are very logical, that like to follow a sequence and a stepwise process, mm. if the whole world was like that, we'd have no innovation. We'd have, have no one creating any new ideas, no new sparks. So this is the natural, what we call genius of the more mesodermic dominant people. They are built to take risks. They are built to break rules, which means they are built to innovate. They are mm. built to initiate and create new things. Um, so if they're not getting that in their life, it will cause them stress. So if you've got a mesodermic dominant person and they're living in an ectodermic dominant person's world, then this is going to create stress because they're in this environment that's making them follow rules all the time, stick mm -hmm. to the program, never change things. It becomes very boring. These guys aren't built to live in a boring lifestyle. That's so me. Yeah, that's so me. I've, I've got a very strong part of that trait, like the mesodermic, because you need, and it's like the variety. So you need variety. You need to be innovative and creating new things rather than just same old things all the time. So it, it really is interesting in terms of like, I guess, the career choices you make and the direction that you go. And so that's where I think some people, they, I think it's really important for them to take, to take note of this and actually think about what they naturally feel right, because it's okay to, to feel like that and and it just means that you might need to tweak some stuff that you're doing and actually maybe your purpose is to be this innovator and this creative person not be the person who does that so and that's okay like it's just about sort of finding that um finding that balance and i think you know you just want to share a little bit about sort of the endo endomorphic like body type as well because i think that it yeah that's some cool stuff for those people also well especially especially because you said that letting people know it's okay that mm. you are this way. I think that's one of the mm. biggest messages we're trying to get out there because right now, when you look at the corporate environment, for example, it is quite ectodermic dominant. It's all about getting up early, achieving, producing information, following rules, mm. following systems, getting stuff done, and you, you proceed to be more successful. In the fitness industry, for example, it's very mesodermic dominant. It's all about mm. no pain, no gain, go hard or go home, take yeah. a risk. So everyone gravitates towards that message in the fitness industry, but it's not right for everyone. And it's mm. the endodermic bodies that, that I personally feel right now 
uh, you know, they're being hit with a, a one-size-fits-all message that actually isn't right for them. And once they understand their natural strengths, they actually it actually helps them to get rid of this negative self-talk as to why they perceive themselves to be lazy or whatever it might be. Because mm. with the endodermic dominant bodies, they are built for conservation and they are built for protection. These are the people with thicker necks, thicker wrists. They've got huge cross-sectional area of muscle tissue. They have the capacity to hold a little bit more body fat than other, other types too. Uh, they're built to grow under stress. This is, remember, the endoderm is all to do with the metabolism. Uh, it's to do with the thyroid, the liver, the gastrointestinal tract. So it's all to do with conservation under stress because these people are the biggest and strongest people on the planet. You think you're... Um, so if the ectodermic dominance, your marathon runner, your mesodermic dominance like a gymnast, uh, your endodermic dominant is like a, a strong man or a shot putter. So you've got mm. these big, thick joints, big, thick necks, you know, the ability to hold a bit more weight. But the reason for all this is because they are built to protect people. They are built to be the strongest people in the community to protect the tribe. And mm. often we look at those types of people and go, oh, they're a little bit slower. You know, they might, you know, people might consider them to be lazy. They're actually, when you look at um, some of the research into uh, the timing of things, we actually, we actually call them night owls because they do better having a slow start to the morning and then picking up their energy in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And Western society looks at that and goes, oh, well, that's lazy because we should all be getting up early and getting stuff done. Whereas for these guys, they should actually be chilling out, taking their own time. But without them, we, you know, these are the people that are the protectors, the, the ones that hold the community together. And this is where their strengths lie. They're built mm -hmm. to conserve under stress, to look after people under stress, and they're actually the most resistant to chronic stress. They're built to protect everybody, which is a really strong and powerful message that we need to get out there more. So you'll see them in community-facing roles like reception jobs. You'll see the strong men in the in the in the you know um, the shot putters in the Olympics, that kind of thing. So they're built for power. They're built for strength, which is mm. really really cool. Yeah, and I see a lot of. I tend to see a lot of these sort of with bigger. I don't know if this is just me, my perception, but sort of bigger families. So you know they they seem to have I don't know more kids and bigger families. And like I see, you often see them down volunteering at you know, local sporting events and community events because they're always um, giving back and that's a big, seems to be a big part of of their purpose is to to give to all those people around them as well. So I think it's, um, you know, trying to find, yeah, that role that suits them, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is people will have this natural gravitation towards what's right for them because mm -hmm. epigenetically, when you look at how the genes are influenced by the environment, when you do things that your structure has been created to do, it actually puts you in good health. So for example, the endodermic bodies are actually more extrovert by the truest sense of the word. So biologically, they are gonna have more extroversion in that when they are around people, they actually gain more energy. They actually feel better than more people are around because their mm. biology has created a structure that is resilient to chronic stress that can deal with listening to everybody's woes and you know being able to empathize and have those chats and things like that. And they actually feel good when they do that. Whereas the ectodermic dominant body is the pure introvert by the truer sense of the word of when you look at the way their body's been developed biologically, they are really sensitive for the nervous system. They don't hold a lot of fat. They don't hold a lot of muscle. They lose weight under stress. And then we put them in an environment where they've got to socialize all day long for eight hours a day and listen to everybody's problems and they've got this sensory overload. Their biology literally haven't, hasn't been built for that function. Mm. So this is where it's really interesting because the more ectodermic bodies sometimes think, oh, well, I feel really bad because sometimes I'm really selfish and you know, I don't want to stay out at parties too long and I'm not that social all the time. And oh, maybe I should be more social. And it's like, no, your structure determines your function, which is 
you are the strategist, you are the logical person, you are really good working on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you can socialize and whatever, but you're not built to be taking on all this sensory overload all the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas the endodermic body, their biology has literally been built to protect the community. It can take on all of this stress. So it's really cool. Oh, I love all this stuff. And yeah, I, as you know, I use, <laughs> I use a lot of it personally in some of the work I'm doing as well, because I think, you know, people want more, you know, they, with their careers and their job and their work and stuff, they want more. They want, I actually call it purposeful performance. They want to be successful and perform well, but they want it to be purposeful. And I think it becomes more purposeful when you're connected to your innate um, innate being and I think you know these aha moments I've certainly had them in the people that I work with and yeah I think it's yeah so awesome and I know that's sort of I guess some general stuff and I think there's some great stuff there thanks for sharing that that people can take away and think about their natural body type and what they may be good at as well and I know through the program that you've put together it goes into a lot more detail through PH360 and the epigenetic profiling it actually drills down really specifically to the individual and what I love about it I mean, it drills in down to lots of things, but in particular, like the mind, it tells you how your mind works, what your natural genius is, how you socialise, as well as nutrition and exercise. It does everything. So did you just want to give a brief overview of, I don't know how to do this in a brief way because it's so big, but just sort of explain to the guys, you know, I guess what that is and some of the key elements of that program, because if people want to explore that for themselves, I'd really encourage them um, to look deeper. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, so obviously there's not just three types of people in the world. Um, there's obviously a lot more than that. We can't just categorize people into three types as we've spoken about today. Mm -hmm. uh, but the understanding the embryological development and, and um, how that ties into how our body is formed does give us a lot of information on genes, on hormones, on predispositions, which actually sets the foundation as to what we do. And then once we understand the outside of the body through the skeletal measurements that we take to understand your embryological development, we then layer on top of that things like hair color, skin color, eye color, your height, your weight, your waist to hip ratio, all the things that are really specific to you. Because this is where, yes, you might have a certain skeleton based on your embryological development, but you've got different hair color, you've got different ancestry, different genetic lineage, you've got, you may have different diseases or different symptoms at this moment in time. So what we actually do is layer all of that data up. There's about 10,000 different data points that we take in a, in a 30 minute assessment and that allows us to compile a, a cloud of data that's very specific to you as an individual. And this is where we can actually really nail down into, yes, you may be an, an ecto-meso-derm dominant person, but you also have this, 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 and this, which tells us more about your unique biology and how it's created. And then from there, we can really give you some personalized information on your exercise that you should be doing for your body, the nutrition that you should be having. Essentially, what we're trying to do is match the environment to who you are as an individual so you can express best health but as you know and as, as we've just been speaking about health is more than just exercise and nutrition you could be eating the right diet you could be, you could be exercising every day but if you turn up to a job that is causing you stress or you're around people that cause you stress or in relationships that don't match what you need then that's also going to have an influence on your gene expression and your health so we look at everything from as, as you as we just talked about where your purpose might lie what your natural what we call genius is so when we're talking about genius this is the other half to purpose. So mm -hmm. genius is based on, based on your development, based on your hormones, based on your, your brain, where your natural strengths might lie that your biology feels safe doing. So to give you an example of that, we, we talked about it before, you may be on purpose. So let's say you're, you're one of those mesodermic dominant people that love to take risks and you love to innovate and do different things. 
Now you could, let's say your purpose was to, um, let's say, let's use mine. Let's say it was to free human potential and you mm -hmm. joined a company that had the same purpose that you were on. So they, they were also looking to free potential and, you know, help people live the potential and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. However, so you join the company and you are aligned in the kind of direction that you're going. Mm -hmm. But then the job role you take on is sitting on reception where for eight hours a day, you copy and paste information and it's really monotonous and really boring. And your natural biology starts to look to innovate and create change and break rules in the system and make new things. So you run back to the boss and say, hey, I've, I've, I know I've been using your system, but I've found some really cool ways of changing things up. We can speed this up. We can do this. And the boss says, don't want to hear it. We've been doing this for 20 years. We're not going to change the systems now. Go back to work, keep copying and pasting, keep doing that really, you know, doing, doing your job. Mm. While you may be in a line with the direction in terms of your purpose, you're now the environment you're in from a work point of view doesn't align with your natural genius because now you're not getting to innovate, you're not getting to change things up, you're not getting to express, which goes against your natural biology. That creates irritation, frustration, anger, increases the adrenal response. And now this person is in an unhealthy environment for their, for their biology. So now they're not actually going to have the impact that they know they can have in the world, even though they're kind of in alignment with the purpose, they've not matched it with the genius. And that's where the impact is made. Oh, so much so. And I, and I can really relate to that personally as well. And, and I think we had this chat the other day when we caught up, but it was like, you know, my natural genius is about connecting to people. So, you know, I used to be more like that, but then for some reason I changed you know, I thought I had to be a certain way as you as you grow in business. I thought, well, a business leader has to be a particular way. So that was my own belief. And I probably went away from my natural genius, whereas my natural genius is doing spontaneous stuff. Like I just went to Bali, like it's going out, meeting people, connecting. And when I get back to doing that, opportunities open up for me. And some of my biggest opportunities have opened up over a glass of wine at lunch. Like, in, and I just think that's my genius and I have to actually trust that and get back to it. And you were saying when we were chatting about yours is you can't do that. You're, you have to be putting the systems in place and doing the, the hard slog. You're not going to create luck in that way, you know? Yeah. So it's quite, um, it's quite fascinating how different we have to go about things, just us two personally as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. cool. Which is, which is, I guess, I don't know if I'm the lucky one there or not, Carl. Um, <laughs> That's it. Something that I just wanted to, a um, couple of questions just before we finish up, I wanted to ask is that, you know, for some people who may not be as tune, in tune with their body or what's something that they could particularly look to do now to maybe, I guess, understand their body better or tune into their, I guess, their natural makeup and maybe take that first step forward? Like, have you got any advice around that? Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, the big thing I want to mention here is purpose is obviously, a, a, you know, is so specific to the individual. So mm. when we're talking about understanding your biology and linking it back, that's one half of the equation. Yeah. So like if, you, if you've got no idea of what your purpose is right now, then one way of being able to do that is understanding your biological strengths, how your body's mm. developed and then kind of working back from there. So understand your genius first. Once you understand where your natural strengths lie, that might give you insights as to the type of purpose you have but there's still more to the conversation. So um, if you're trying to kind of uncover what that is or, you know, you know, listen to your body and work out what's right for you, one of the big things you can do is, uh, first of all, like get your core values down. So understanding your core values, you know, that's kind of your, your contract with yourself as to what you feel happy doing. And, and you know, the crazy thing about core values are when you violate a core value, you feel it like on the inside, you feel it. And sometimes you don't know where that's come from, but you'll just go, Oh, that just didn't feel right. Like one of my core values is freedom. 
So one of my highest values is freedom. And before I knew anything about the work we were doing with PH360, I was always looking to try and create freedom in my life and, um, you know, understand how I could create more freedom and not, and not feel trapped in things. So mm. understanding your core values is actually, it's actually a roadmap to actually help you understand what your purpose is on a bigger level. So if you don't know what your purpose is, write down your values and let them guide you. If you follow your values, they can guide you into the directions of what your purpose might be. Mm. And then the second thing that I always say is, if you don't know what it is you do want, flip it and look at what it is you don't want. So mm. often we're really good at articulating what we don't want to happen in life. But mm. when it comes to saying, well, what's the dream? What's the purpose? Why are you here? It's like, oh, I don't really ponder that. So the way I always talk about purpose is if we have a purpose, then there must be a problem. Because if there wasn't a purpose in place in the first place, then you wouldn't have a drive or a desire or a will to achieve it. So that must mean mm. there's a there's a pain on the other side of that purpose. Mm. So if my purpose is to free human potential, then that must mean that there's a load of human beings on the planet right now that are walking around existing and not living their potential and just, yeah, yeah. And, and not doing what they're here to do, which is how I felt for so long. So that's how I started before I kind of knew about the biology stuff. It was like, mm. well, I know that I don't want to just exist. When I think about just living this kind of existence and average life where I don't grow and I don't work myself and I'm, and I'm trapped, that just violates my values and that makes me feel really off and mm. stressed and that's not me. And when I feel like, and, and then if you hold that and say, right, well, if that's what's causing me stress, what's the opposite to that? That's where the purpose lies. Mm. So if mm. you're not sure what it is, have a think about what you don't want and then kind of flip that on its head and then that'll give you more insight as to what it is you do want. Yeah, help flip it around. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that's a cracker. That's so good. And I think, like I, I'm really sort of, I guess, passionate about understanding ourselves at a deeper level. And I'd really recommend people if they are interested in going down that path to definitely look at in deeper at their epigenetic profiling. And I'll put some links to like PH360 and the different courses that Cole runs. And I've, I've put like a couple hundred people through the program actually, because I feel so strongly about it and I've done it. So it is really, you know, it's a really worthwhile investment in terms of looking at yourself. And, you know, I've got some retreats and some workshops coming up too, where we actually go through this and, you know, help people connect um, to their purpose. Cause I just think it's, um, I just think that's where the money's at. <laughs> I think it's so cool. And I just want to finish up with my last question. I asked this to all of our guests, Kyle, is what would be your top bit of advice for the will to live your most fulfilling life? I would say for me, the, the one statement I always stand by is that mm. true transformation requires that you look inside for answers. Oh, so, there you go. I didn't even know that. Nice no, job. Just said it. <laughs> yeah. So that, but that's exactly yeah. it. It's like all the, all of the answers mm. lie within, but right now mm. we are conditioned into one size fits all thinking, whether that's in exercise, everyone needs to do this type of exercise, whether it's nutrition, everyone needs to follow this diet, whether mm. it's vital standards of keeping up with the Joneses, everyone by this age needs to have this car, this house, this job, you know, whatever it might be, we're, mm. we're so conditioned to fit everybody else's expectations or what the average expectation is for societal norms. But yep. as we know, everybody's completely different. We've got different biology, we've got different genes, we've got different hormones, and we've got different purposes. We're all here to live completely unique lives that are right for us. So if you're ever feeling lost, if you're ever, you know, off track or whatever it might be, it's exactly what you said before. It's stop, take a moment, feel within does this feel right for me does this align with my core values mm. does this nutrition feel right on my body does this exercise program make me feel good does the job that i'm doing make me happy or am i doing it because that's what mum and dad told me to do so mm. stop the, my biggest thing is let, let's just stop this whole idea of trying to 
find answers from our best friends, find answers from our parents, find answers from the media or whatever it is. Take a minute, look within because our answers lie within us. Yeah, that is so true and perfect way to finish. I agree 100% with that. And I just think, and really trust it too. Connect When you connect back to you, trust what comes up. And I think the more we get out of our head, you know, I actually had a session yesterday with this amazing um, healer and he was basically saying when we're in our head, we can only fulfill 50% of our potential because our brain's you know, a logical um, a comparison, 50% from the past, 50% from the future. But when we connect back to our true self and, you know, from our heart and actually feel what feels right and trust that intuition, that's where the gold is. So, you yeah, know, awesome, Cole. Great to chat. Um, thanks for sharing all those wonderful things. I could chat all day about that and I'm sure you'll be back on again soon. But thanks so much for your time today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group, or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay forward the gifts of living, please share with your friends, and if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.